Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. All right, rolling along here. Top story, of course, was uh, Devin Levi going to Rochester and the Sabres carrying two defensemen, or two defensemen, two goalies at the moment, Marty, but now that <laughs> means the Amherst are carrying three. So yes. how is Seth, Seth Oppert feeling today? Well, I mean, no coaches like to have three goaltenders, so I think Seth is probably thinking, okay, what's the plan here? I would assume, again, from my experience, I would assume that Devin Levi is not going down to Rochester to be part of another three-goalie rotation. So right for maybe the first week is get some practice time, get yourself organized. You know, you got to move into the hotel, whatnot, get to know your team. Uh, But as we come into late this week and next week, I would assume that Levi is there to play and play more often and develop. So I've been in those shoes, right? I've been the goaltender that I was in Rochester for for one reason, is to get better and develop. Mm-hmm. You still have to perform. Performances are going to dictate how much Levi will play, but they will give him a chance not to just go one game a week, but he'll probably play a couple of games per week moving forward so that he can get into a rhythm and continues to develop. So it's more like, how does Tukarski and uh, uh, Cooley feel about the whole situation? But, uh, you know, that's that's organization. You have to make a decision, and that's the decision I would make. Right. They have games on Friday and Saturday this week in Belleville. Then they don't play again until the following Friday in Rochester, which is December 8th, if you want to check it out at Blue Cross Arena. But that's their only game the following week. And then they get into a three and four the following. So yes. it won't be a heavy schedule for them, which is probably fine they're like most teams nursing a few injuries and um but uh just quickly because someone asked just about and and you i thought uh, you know i think you answered it already based on you know why wouldn't they uh alleviate the eight defensemen on the roster mm-hmm. right now and perhaps send someone down now johnson of course can go back down uh without requiring waivers bryson of course who's not been playing would require waivers yes um how do you view that situation as to are they strictly keeping eight because of what you talked about with how they like it in practice or how do you view it in the big picture? Because obviously they do have depth in Rochester already based on what we saw from the preseason this year. And I mean, we went down to the final, what, game or two of the preseason. They were still carrying more than 10 defensemen. Yeah. Because, so, you know what I mean? So I, I, I would say I would say this. I would say that the Sabres are going to carry eight defensemen. 
as long as they can because it works well for practices. Also, because there's a little bit more flexibility in going maybe 11 and 7 if they need to. We already saw Matias Samuelson go down twice this year and not finishing games. Uh, hopefully, that doesn't happen more often. But, you know, getting those 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 reps in practice, um, even for Ryan Johnson. Now, it's it's a bad situation for Jacob Bryson, and I get it. Most of that would be you know, kind of focus on Bryson, what's better for Bryson. But at this moment, there's always one or two individual in the team that you're thinking about the rest of the team more than you're thinking about them individually. And that's unfortunate for Bryson right now, but I'm thinking it works better for the group right now to have the eight uh, on the blue line for practices and even for using seven in a game at times and always having at least one extra if you need it. It was worth asking the question simply based on the fact that Ryan Johnson had very limited minutes last game. So how yes. long would you keep doing that? And or, you know, if you ever did go back to 12 and six, which seems like it's going to happen at some point, like, you know, how long do you keep Johnson if you're not playing him? It's a little different than Bryson. It is a little bit different than Bryson. But when you look at Ryan Johnson and his last few games, I mean, two games ago in New Jersey, he played 25 minutes. He's played 12, 14 minutes. Last game was 7 and 7.53. So I, you're going to have to, if Johnson's going to play six, seven minutes over three, four games in a row, then it, yeah, obviously it's not best for him because you're not utilizing him at all. He probably should go in Rochester and play 22 minutes a game. But if you're going to use him 14, 15 minutes, then he's Buffalo. If he's going to be in your top six, he's Buffalo. If he's only the guy that plays when you dress seven, it's a different thing. But I'm not in the, I wouldn't be rushing to make that decision just yet. You do have St. Louis. You have a back-to-back over the weekend. And then next week you reevaluate. Where are you? Where are you with your forward group? Where are you with your defense group? And decide. But I think Ryan Johnson can be relied upon on in games, you you can say if somebody's not going well, if Clifton's not going well, if Matias Samuelson is not going well, if Yokiaru is not going well, you can say I'm going to put Ryan Johnson in these positions. He can play top minutes with Rasmus Dahlin, or he can play second pair with Power, or he can play lower in your depth chart. Ryan Johnson is kind of that Swiss Swiss Army knife right now that you have. So I wouldn't be too quick to say, oh, he needs to go down to Rochester. He's done well in Buffalo, and I think if you give him a little bit more time, you keep him up here. Well, that Devils game you spoke of was an anomaly because Samuelson got hurt, and it was a blowout. So, yeah. But overall, uh, Ryan is averaging more than 14 minutes a game, as is Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton, just over 15. So those are the guys that you you know, you know look at kind of in that regard. Henry Okiharu, surprisingly, uh, based on how good of a season he's having offensively and probably by other measures too, including the eye test. I mean, he's, he's only at about 16 minutes a night, which is of course a long ways away from where he had been in past years, but yes, it has suited him and the results rather well. Now, one of the back-to-backs you mentioned coming up this weekend is Nashville coming in. They are hot winners oh. of six in a row and while they did cough up a 2-0 lead last night to the Penguins, Philip Forsberg made very quick work of overtime. And Ryan O'Reilly may have made one of the best plays I have seen in a long time for someone who didn't really factor in on the actual goal. Uh, he held the line 
and caused interference, which Pittsburgh, of course, Mike Sullivan's upset about everything. He's never happy with anything. And he was really ticked with this one. But O'Reilly's ability to stay onside amidst colliding with one and or two Penguins was an absolute miracle. And when it was happening in real time, I was like, oh, I don't know if he did it. You know, but uh, it was a heck of a play. It's a penalty. It's a penalty. You cannot stay onside. Yeah, but why? Like, so... He is offside. He put himself offside and now he's trying to get back onside in the line as to which Sidney Crosby is coming back to defend. The interference is O'Reilly on Crosby. The interference, not Crosby on O'Reilly in that play. It's not incidental contact because O'Reilly is making that desperate move, lunging with his right leg to touch the line. I saw it as it's a penalty. I mean, I understand that. In that moment, it looks like a collision, but I saw it as a penalty. So I, I listen, I know Mike Sullivan well. He was an assistant coach to the Rangers. He's never happy. You're right. He's an angry bugger and he's never happy. And he was yelling at the refs. And first of all, they wanted to see if it was on site or not, because who knows if Ryan O'Reilly was touching the blue line or at least hovering over the blue line. But I thought it was a penalty. It didn't get called. Forsberg walks in gets the goal. But more importantly, what the Sabres are going to see in Nashville when they play the Preds is a UC Soros that has flipped the switch now. He was 0-5 in, you know, well, the previous five games. Now he's on a four-game winning streak. But the previous five games, he was 0-5 with an 8.59 save percentage. Now he's gone 4-0 with a 9.24. That's a big switch from UC Soros, as we know, is one of the best goalie in the league. Um, had a really rough start to the season, but he seems to have uh, flipped that. Well, Sullivan needs to calm down. It wasn't like Sid was the only guy back. There was another <laughs> player that could have done something and didn't. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Forsberg is red hot, but not as hot. Well, at least he's not winning the race for the Rocket at the moment, like Brock Besser, who scored two more and has the outright lead, which is not an easy thing to do when those around him have been as hot as they have. See Nikita Kucherov. Yes, so uh, Brock Besser, a really nice goal on the uh, rebound in uh, early in the first period. And look, he's hanging around the crease. Brock Besser is not a perimeter player. Uh, he's hanging around the crease, and then he got an empty net goal to go to 17. Thatcher Demko was really good. Um, but the goal that was the game-winning goal, Elias Pettersson goes on a wraparound, and John Gibson was complaining to the referee about goaltender interference. There was a little contact, but really what led to Pedersen scoring the goal was John Gibson punching the Vancouver player that was in front of him. <laughs> he went out of his way to give him a blocker, and he was late to get back to the post for the wraparound, and Pedersen took advantage of the opportunity. I was laughing because I'm like, dude, just stay in your net. But at the same time, uh, Gibson can run hot, and he, he did run hot on that play. Well, and, and it has been a brutal stretch now for Anaheim, who uh, started the year probably as one of the more surprising teams over the opening four weeks, but that is all that disappeared. Besser, two up on Kucherov and Reinhardt, and three up on Matthews and Connor. Now, Reinhardt had, along with his teammates, a rather unfortunate reality happened to them, and, (laughs) and that was premature celebration, although no one thought it was premature. Like, they legitimately looked like they won the game. And the reason they were able to, quote-unquote, win the game in Toronto in the shootout was because Sam was ultra-clutch when he had to score to extend the shootout. What a display of confidence and shot selection as he beat Joe Wall. 
But as it went on, Evan Rodriguez thought he had the winner. Paul Maurice probably gave a few words to like the whole Toronto vibe, you know, like we saw last year in the playoffs, yes. you know, like <laughs> we got out of here with a win again. But incredibly, after I had turned it off, I went back to an NHL website two minutes later and saw that the score was not final. And I'm like, what's going on? You're like, this is a, another blunder by NHL.com, but it wasn't. I did. I, I did. But I also knew immediately <laughs> what it was because when I saw the play happen live, I was like, oh, double tap. But because I watched long enough, I thought they had reviewed it already, yeah. but they hadn't. And so unfortunately for the Panthers, uh, Rodriguez gets called for a double tap, meaning a rebound attempt. You don't see it that way, even though by the letter of the law, the right call was made. Yeah, so I don't see it that way because it was not technically a rebound that comes back and then you take another attempt. It was one attempt. So when Rodriguez goes to his forehand and tried to sneak it under or around the pad of Joseph Wall, it hits the pad, but Rodriguez's stick is still in the same motion. The puck comes back by about an inch and then double taps his blade and goes in again. So this to me is a continuation of the initial shot. It's not a shot rebound and then a second opportunity. It's not even a shot rebound off your chest and in. It's the same momentum. And I think we talk about a lot when it's shootout. It's, is there a continuous play? Is the momentum still going forward in this play? I felt like Rodriguez and the puck and the blade momentum was still going forward. Should have been a goal, uh, but by the letter of the law, it's not. So I will agree with their call, but that may be something that should be uh, rewritten in the rule book for those type of situations. <laughs> that would make it awfully gray. Yes, it did. would. You're yeah. right. Maybe you shouldn't, but... Uh, yeah. And, and and we can't say I'd hate the Stanley Cup to be decided on this goal because there's no shootout in the playoffs. So what's right. one point in the regular season, really? Uh, talk to the Sabres last year, right? <laughs> yeah, if you want to look at the standings, I mean, the Sabres didn't enjoy watching what happened between Toronto and Florida, which was the three-point game. But they had to love the fact that the Islanders, again, found a oh. way to lose a game when they had the lead. How about just the basic, forget their third periods, which have been atrocious. When scoring first, they have six wins and seven losses. Now they're six, two, and five. So they, they've gotten some points. But last night, despite a two-goal lead in the third period, they got nothing out of the game yeah. against New Jersey. The Devils roar back. It was the Hughes show, which offset the Barzell show. And uh, Anders Lee did his best Gene Simmons impersonation with the bloody mouth. Oh, he and was bloodied and the, the tongue, yeah. Yeah, So, but the fact of the matter is it ended in regulation time. So that was a good thing from Buffalo's standpoint, and they got a favor from Arizona, who knocked off Tampa. This yeah. a night after San Jose did a favor and knocked off Washington. So it hasn't, it hasn't been all bad, despite the kind of up-and-down nature here of the Sabres. So. Yeah, no. So um, at first with the Devils and the Islanders, you talk about the Islanders giving up that lead. Uh, the Islanders are now 7-1-3. and three. So only seven wins in 11 times when they had the lead. Uh, they have the lead after the second uh, period. So that's not great. Seven out of 11 is not great. That was the first win when trailing after two for the New Jersey Devils. But more is Jack Hughes in a post-game like, um, interview with one of the Jersey reporter. And the New Jersey reporter said, well, last year you guys did this. And Jack Hughes in himself, like I love, he's like, you talk about last year a lot. 
Like last year was last year. This year is this year. We've not performed well this year. And now it's a couple of games where, you know, obviously they beat the Sabres 7-2. They come back to win 5-4. Like, okay, how about we focus on that? But I love how he said to the reporter, you talk about last year an awful lot. Last year is last year. Let's look at this year. And I just have loved Jack Hughes with some of his comments. Like when he was on fire last year, and he goes, yeah. We're kind of on a heater here. So it like that carried a lot. So uh yeah, a kind of an, a, a nice off the cuff reaction by Jack Houston. Hey, everybody should chill about last year. This year is this year and we're trying to do something. But it was another night where Vanacek didn't last and, yeah. you know, uh Schmidt comes on and gets the win as they make the comeback. But here's the story on the Islanders. They are dash 15 in third periods. Only yes. the Kraken and the Sharks are worse. And on top of it, they are dash four in overtime. That is tied for the worst in the NHL. So beyond yeah. the second period, things have not been great for New York. We'll wrap up Sabres Live right after this on WGR and MSG. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.